of day it is. I'm already on a, a different time zone, I guess. I and so, completely. Man, yeah. I want to introduce to you Steve Chandler. He is the president of Evangel Bible Translators, and they are on the front lines of translating the Bible into languages for the very first time. For yeah. the very first time, people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their native language because of the work he does with Evangel Bible Translators. So y'all welcome Pastor Steve to the stage this morning. Hallelujah. One of my dear Hallelujah. friends. Thank you. Love you, buddy. It is a joy to be with you. I am so thrilled. I woke up at one this morning just thinking about you and this service together today. I could see your faces. You're exactly what I expected and more. Yeah, this is such a wonderful church. I love this church. I love your pastor, Joel and Sherry. Aren't they something? Amen. They really are. Amen. Hey, I, I mean, they're, they're just something else. Uh, and this, this place... Uh, the building is wonderful. The facilities are wonderful. I, I pastored churches for 27 years, and uh, I've trained pastors for another 17, so I know how important facilities are, but you know what? You are the church. Yeah, and this, this church has a lot of fire in it. Uh, I've been to churches where there's barely a blaze, you know, and when you get at a church where there's just a lot of warmth and fire you praise God and enjoy every minute of it. So I thoroughly enjoyed your worship service. Uh, it's, it's fun for me. I just got back from uh, some uh, extended trips in some different parts of the world. And a lot of times I'm in worship services where I have no idea what they're singing. Uh, so I'll just sing along as best I can. Sometimes you can recognize the tune. But it was a joy today to be able to sing with your worship team. Wow, they're good. You've got a good worship team. I'll give them five bucks a week and all they can eat to just go and tour around with me. <laughs> they're wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so much I would like to talk to you about. So many stories, real life stories, you know, not, not, not the made up things, just the real life stories that tell themselves. I would love to share those with you. Sometime uh, when, when there's not a sermon that... Uh, Maybe that I need to preach, but just can tell you about all of the things that are going on. We'll do that. Uh, Lord willing, the, that time will come. Now, today, I, I have a, a, just a meat and potatoes message for you. This, now, in case I just, I have a daughter who's a vegetarian, so in case I just, uh, you know, I tried to include both the carnivorous and the vegetarians, meat and potatoes, but if, if potatoes isn't enough, then we could say meat and okra. Okay, some, so some okra for you veggie sources. Or if you're fruitarians, let's see, what do we have? We could have uh, ripe, it's a, it's a message where ripe fruit has fallen from the tree. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of, fun of anybody. I just want you to know this is a basic message. It's a wonderful message. It's an encouraging message. It, it's a great one to follow up Easter. Just this last week as you celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. And many of you probably here today, uh, I, I, I heard about your services. Oh my, what an influence and inspiration. So I'm sure that there are many of you here today that gave your life to Christ just this last week and you're, you're just beginning your walk with Christ. So uh, th this message is for you, this message is for all of you who have been serious followers of Jesus. Uh, I'm coming up now on uh, more, I never thought I would be this old. I, I thought Jesus would come first or something would happen with me, you know, I would just burn out because you, as you can tell, I have a lot of passion. It just comes out in everything that I do. So this, this is pretty much my gear. Uh, I'm either here or just crashed, but you, you know, so 
uh, you don't know what to think of me. All right. So, um, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the 46, 40, 48 years now that I have walked with Jesus, um, it just, it never stops. It, it never grows dull. It, it, never, it never reaches its zenith. It, it hasn't culminated yet. Every, every day there's something more of the grandeur and the majesty and the might and the power and the love of Jesus that just breaks through in life and sets me free and sets people free from all sorts of things in their life. Uh, we were singing one of those songs just a moment ago, and it was about the crown, the elders, and, and then Pastor Joel read from the section in Revelation. Uh, and I looked at Ken. I said, Ken's my friend now for 35 years. And I looked over at Ken, and I said, Ken, as sure as you and I are standing here, that day is going to happen. Yeah. You know, that day will happen. So, you, you, you know, if, if, you're, uh, if you're with it... Uh, you, you live with that in mind. That, that's where you're headed, see? And there, everything else then calibrates to that day. Uh, and and that, that's why the, the love of Jesus and the power and the strength and the might in this series that you're in right now, fire, that has just started, and that you'll, oh, that's, that's going to be wonderful. I see the fire uh, paraphernalia here, and oh, 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 the fire of the Spirit, yes. Okay. So, uh, a very timely message. Before I get uh, too, too much further in this, let me introduce Esther uh, Barton that is with us today and Lucy Peel and her dear husband. Would the three of you just stand right there? Esther is the office administrator for Evangel Bible Translators. Lucy is our head translator. Let them know how much you appreciate them. After service, please stop by the EBT table over here, and you're going to see all sorts of uh, things that Esther has brought to give you a little feel of some of the tribes and uh, individual groups that we work with. Uh, the blanket that is on the table was one that we picked. It was actually presented to us, and we picked it up uh, just this last trip over into, uh, well, that was in Dimipur in, in Nagaland. That shows 16 tribes. It's called the Unity Blanket. Shows 16 tribes, their symbols on it. Uh, and all of those tribes were headhunters just a generation ago. <laughs> the, 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 main, the main guy at our center in Dimipur, Nagaland, main guy, his dad took a head. You're one generation removed from headhunters. Now, I mean, they're not out in, well, there are some that are out in villages with thatch grass roofs and uh, th those sorts of things. But for the most part, they're in towns. They, and they would represent, for those of you that are going to Costa Rica or if you've been to Honduras, then you understand barrios and th those, those kinds of that, That's sort of what it's like most of the towns in the cities. Very, very poor, but now people are in towns and are in cities for the most part. But that represents all 16 tribes. Yeah, so stop by over there. I, I did a presentation at a chapel. You'll get such a kick out of this. I got a, did a presentation at a chapel. My brother-in-law is the pre principal at a, a private school, private Christian school, and so he had to come and speak. And I was talking about all the, the different tribes and people that we're working with and Bible translation and what's taking place, the miracles that were happening. And then I, I talked about the headhunters and the tribes. And I mean, their eyes were this big around. I, I brought one of the replica swords 
uh, that, that, that they use. So it's a, it's a smaller version of, of a pretty good sized sword they used to use. And, um, so you, you get the idea. And I mean, that's all those kids would talk about. That's what they went home and talked about. I got the reports, Mom, Dad, there was a guy that had a headhunter's sword today in chapel. You know, so, you know, there's, there's, isn't it amazing what the power and the love of God does? What is it amazing what the message of Jesus Christ does? Everywhere the scriptures go, everywhere the Bible goes, everywhere that God is made known, everywhere the gospel is proclaimed, change takes place, and it takes place always, always for the good. Hallelujah. So you've got these 16 tribes that were all headhunters just a generation ago and now serving Christ. Oh, my. Okay, timely message, appropriate message for those that are following up on giving their lives to Christ at Easter are those that have been serving the Lord now for many years. This is a, a message that will bring you back to first love, just to the base, the foundation things of Jesus. Uh, I, 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 I want to speak over you for just a moment. Uh, now, this is a good time to turn down your cell phones if you haven't done so. I have mine here, and it lets me know that I've got 24 minutes to share this message, and that's what I'll be looking at. I promise I won't be reading any messages, but I'll, I'll just be checking the time occasionally. Uh, this is a good time to turn your cell phones down and just uh, zone in. So I, I, I want to speak over you. What, what do I really want to happen today? Um, I want you to leave today, everyone. I want everyone here to leave today serving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what I want. There it is right up front. Just lay it out. There's no manipulation, no hidden agendas, nobody powering up on you. What do I, what do I want? I want you to go out of here today and serve the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That, that's, what, that's what I would like to have. Just serve the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What else would I like to have? Uh, I'd, I'd like for you to have the passionate love relationship that I have with God. I would like for everyone here to have that kind of passionate love relationship. Now, some of you are more, uh, uh, you know, more, more your, your personality type is a little, little more contained, a little more, uh, you've got some reins where, where you can tell that I'm, I'm much more expressive than outward. But I, I, however that passion would look like with you, I'd want you to have that passion. That passionate love for Jesus that just never, never dies and never fails to be overwhelmed at how wonderful he is and the awesome truth that while we did not care for him, he loved us and gave his life for us. Um, what, what else would I want? I, I, would, I would like for you to leave today uh, heart, soul, mind, and strength serving Jesus, passionate love for God. I would, I would like for you to leave today uh, honoring God with your finances. Uh, you know, tithing in your church and that sort of entry-level stuff. You can start with net and graduate as you, as you grow mature to gross and then uh, offerings much more than that. I, 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 I would want you to have the freedom and the joy of, of having financial uh, gifts to the Lord. So if you gave your life to Christ like last week at Easter and you're finding out what more of that is like. You'll learn that. You'll learn about the fire of God's love in your heart and in your spirit that actually enables you to be able to give your time in work and in finances and to see God's blessing in your life. And I would pray that God, you would just honor God with your finances. Uh, some of you, when you're water baptized, I used to say this when I was a pastor, uh, take one of those uh, Ziploc sandwich bags 
and put your billfold in there and take it in the tank with you. Because it's just, it, never, it never ceases to amaze me how many people uh, give their life to Christ, but they never really yield their finances uh, to the Lord. So, I mean, he, he wants to be, like we sang about earlier, he wants to be Lord of all. It's not just a small thing, but every, every part of our lives. So I would want that for you. What else, what else do I want? I want you to leave with, with uh, your heart, soul, mind, and strength serving the Lord. I want you to leave with passion and love for God and for Christ and for the Spirit of God, for His Word. Uh, I, want you, I want you to honor, honor God with your finances. What else? Uh, uh, no hidden agenda. No, no, uh, no powering up. Oh, I, I would love for you to support Evangel Bible Translators. Uh, just lay it out there. I'd, I'd love for your church. You, or you already have. Let, let me correct that. You already have. Uh, this church gave uh, phenomenally last year to help us with the project. I would love for you to do that. So, so now, now you have it. It's all out there in the open. Well, what do I want? And what do I want to come out of this message? I want you to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want you to uh, have passionate love for Christ, for the Holy Spirit, for, the, for God the Father, and for His Word. Uh, passion for people. I want you to have passion for people. I want, you, I want you to have your finances blessed and yielded to the Lord. And, uh, and, and uh, I'd, I'd love for you to pray and support uh, Evangel Bible Translators. You, you, so there, there you go. That, that, what, what else would I want? I'd want your marriages uh, to be healthy and wholesome. Uh, I'd want your parenting to come up a whole notch uh, in your relationship with your children. Uh, I would love for those that are uh, maybe struggling, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a downtime in your life, uh, I'd like for you to remember the blessings and provisions and the breakthroughs that God has given you in the past and to know that if he did it before, he'll do it again, uh, that you can count on him. What else, what else would I like for you to leave here today? Would I like for you to leave here today serving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? love for you to leave here today with the passion that I have for God. love for you to leave here today with your finances, honoring the Lord. love for you to leave here today as supporters for Evangel Bible Translators. Oh, what I want for you today, I want you to leave here today uh, with, with uh, uh, breakthroughs, uh, parenting, marriage, uh, your relationship with your children. Oh, if you're, if you're struggling with addictions, oh, I want you to leave here today set free. I want you to leave here today safe. No matter, no matter what the addictions are, I, I understand those things at deeply sustained levels. I didn't always serve Jesus. Didn't give my life to Christ until I was 21 years old. Oh, I do know, and there is nothing, nothing, nothing that God can't do, and do instantly as well as do long term. So uh, I would, I would, uh, I would like, I like for that to happen to you, and probably a few other things. But that's enough, huh? That, that's what I, that's what I like to in, in this message when you leave here today. So now you know what I'm about, and you know what this message is about, and you can't worry about anybody having a hidden agenda, manipulating you, or powering up on you. That's exactly what I want to happen, right there. Uh, so, so the title of the message, it's a very simple message, is What Difference Does Jesus Make? What Difference Does Jesus Make? And uh, I think they'll, uh, they've, they've uh, got the, the visuals up there, and I, I think they'll follow along with me very fine. Um, they're, they're, the answer to the question is, it's a massive difference. It's a massive difference that Jesus makes. Uh, there, there are these vital, critical, massive re-engineering projects that he takes on in our life when we give our lives to Jesus. What difference does he make? Massive differences. So we're going to talk about four of those. First, first one is, it's a massive difference. He settles the question of autonomy. Now, now that's, that's a 16-cylinder way of just saying God is in charge and God is the giver of life. That, that's what that one says. God is the giver of life. Life is not something that we are entitled to. Life is not something that it is our right to have our life. We have a loving creator, 
And life is a privilege. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a gift. It's not an entitlement. Uh, it, it, what, what, that, what this does, when you give your life to Christ, you recognize He is Lord of all, Lord of my life, that He is the giver of life. At, at that point, when, when, you, when you make those kinds of decisions, and you're, you're, just, you're so fast, you're so good on the visuals, you're just ahead of me, but go ahead and leave it up. That's fine. Uh, what, what we're talking about here is that uh, it, it just cuts to the root, multiple roots of uh, current-day idols that we have in our culture and I see in cultures around the world. Uh, j just to just name a few of them. The, the idol of self-reliance, the idol of independence, the idol of control. Those are just a few. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not against initiative. I'm not against ambition, I'm not against self-determination, I'm not against hustle, I'm not against accountability, I'm not against taking responsibility for one's own life to become a better person. The fact is, those are the very things that I'm talking about. What I'm revealing here, just with this first step, this first massive, vital, re-engineering project that God takes on our life, is to let us know that He is in control, that life is a gift, and the idol that I'm actually revealing here is that we come to this, you hear it all the time, that I am master and commander of my own fate. It's just not true. He is the master and commander of our fate. Hallelujah. I, th I think sometimes this whole uh, idol of control is just such a, a massive, in, in our culture, especially here in the U.S., I see it everywhere that I go, uh, that doesn't make a difference which state I'm in, or if I'm around the world, you just see, see this, uh, this delusion that we can be in control of things. No, it's yieldedness to the Lord. So here's where this, uh, this little thing came up. Some of you will remember this. I mean, back, back when I first gave my life to Christ, we had this little image that we used. And it's, 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 it's I started to look back here, the screen's up here. Uh, the, the heart. And uh, in our hearts... So that's our self, that's our heart, that's our soul, that's, that's a seat of our being. And in our hearts, there's a throne. And who's on the throne? Is it self that's on the throne? Or is it Christ that's on the throne? So when you give your life to Christ, it's, He is on the throne of your life. He's on the throne of your heart. Uh, and it, it, it addresses the question of lordship. It addresses the question of our response, our discipleship to Him. Uh, and another, another way, it addresses the commission that he gives us. That there, there is something that he wants us to do. He gives us life and something that he wants us to do. A commission in life. So it's a massive project. Just, just listen to uh, John 10, 18. Uh, if, if you're thinking that... Uh, that Jesus was uh, mounted up upon by uh, legions of soldiers and... Uh, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I've been to the Garden of Gethsemane. I, I know exactly what it's like. I've, I've been there. I've, I've walked the same road that Jesus walked to the Garden and what He walked back from the Garden after He was arrested. I, uh, uh, so so uh, it, it, if you think that He was not uh, capable, uh, that, that He was being taken advantage of by these soldiers, just listen to John 10, 18. No man takes it from me. He's talking about His life. No man takes it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This is the commandment that I received from the, further, from the Father. And if you're wondering a little bit further about the power of God and the ability of God about life, just, just listen to this. 
He said, do not think, this is Matthew 26, 53, do not think that I cannot call my father and he will send at once and put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. So basically, that's around uh, 5,000 uh, in, uh, in a legion. Uh, so, you know, 50,000, then add another couple on there. So 60,000 angels, I, just at his disposal. All I had to do was ask. No, no one took Jesus' life. This is the price that he paid for us. And this, this was set in motion before the foundations of the world, Ephesians tells us. Uh, this is how much God loves us. Uh, th this is how much he cares for us. I, I, I love John's perspective, the Apostle John, especially in his epistles where he says, look, look when it comes down to it, it, it's, it, it this is Chandler paraphrase, it doesn't amaze me that, that, uh, that we love God. What amazes me is that he loves us. He loves us. He gave his life first. Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, so the, the powerful about the autonomy and the lordship of, of Christ in our lives. That's one of the massive projects that he takes on. Uh, so very, very quickly, let's, let's go through uh, three more. Once we understand that God is the giver of life, then we start to ask this, this next question, this massive reconstruction project going on in our life. The difference that Jesus makes is that he not only gives us life, but he has a plan, our plans for our life. You're all familiar with Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, where it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I mean, this is the kind of, this, this one you hear a lot. You, you, you hear it in, in even prophetic words over people, and I believe in that. Uh, but, but I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans that, that declare to you, that, that plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Now, these words uh, were uh, penned and actually spoken by Jeremiah, first, first person quoting of, of the Lord, the prophet Jeremiah. And this was, uh, this was pretty close to 600 years before Jesus, uh, <clears throat> before Jesus' birth. So you're, you're around 598 B.C., uh, five, some, would, some would say as, as low as 586, but around 586, five, five, uh, 600 right in there, B.C., so 600 years before Jesus. These words are spoken. And it was in, it was, it was, it was a, this wasn't a promise that people were smiling at. You know, this, this was just, just before Babylonian captivity. That Israel was going to go into captivity. And then the promise was, at the end of the captivity, I will bring you back, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Now, I'll talk about this in a minute, but some of you have just been walking around in captivity. I, I walked in captivity in uh, so many areas of my life before I gave my life to Christ. I think after I gave my life to Christ, I was like Lazarus who came out of the tomb. And I had new life, but I still had my grave clothes on. I think there were still ways that I was walking around bound up. I think there's probably ways the Holy Spirit can show me tomorrow or can show me this afternoon still ways that I need to be set free. It is just a massive reconstruction, reengineering project that he takes on in our lives. That not only does he give us life, but then he has plans for our life that continue to unfold. And the most incredible thought of all is what, what will this look like for eternity? I mean, it, it, you know, it's not us sitting around on clouds with a harp and we're little fat cherubs with wings and stuff. No, it, this is all in preparation for whatever he has for us to do. The assignments that he has for us throughout all eternity. This is massive. What difference does Jesus make? Massive difference. Massive difference. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works. Hallelujah. 
that he has established in advance for us. Uh, one of the things I want to do, and I'll, I'll bring up this, this third massive difference that he makes, but one of the things I want to do is I just want to affirm all of you business people here. This, this is one of the things that I, I, I just feel like we just don't do enough in church. And I, I'm sure Pastor Joel does a great job at this, but I want to affirm every businessman and every businesswoman here in the church. Uh, this, this, it's not church over here and business over here that this is your sanctified life and that this is your, uh, you know, your normal life or your uh, whatever. No, no, your work is ministry. Uh, work was established, when you read Genesis chapter 1, work was established prior to the fall, prior to Genesis chapter 3. We were given stewardship. Humanity was given stewardship of the planet. Work, you had to work and steward this planet. Uh, work, by the way, is the only sustainable solution to poverty, is employment. It's the only sustainable solution. Uh, work is blessed of God, not a curse, blessed of God. And uh, we do a whole ministry, uh, Advanced Bible Translators and uh, Global Advance called Marketplace. Uh, and uh, I, I, just, I just applaud you. I applaud you in the whole sphere of business and economy and all that you're doing. And uh, if, you, if you're an employer and you've got other employees, you, you've hired some people, you are contributing right there to life. You're, you're contributing to a redemptive narrative in their life, lifting them from poverty. Hallelujah. This, this, so I, I affirm you this morning. A third massive difference, and we're, we're going to move toward closing here. Massive difference is that God supplies clarity and he supplies strength for these plans that he has for us, for us to be able to achieve these in our life. And this is the fire that you'll be studying over these next several weeks. The fire of God's Spirit that refines things in you, the fire of God's Spirit that enables and strengthens you. Uh, when you talk about the, the, the fire of God's Spirit, when you talk about the strength and the clarity of this call of God on our lives, uh, he, he gives strength, He gives clarity to the plans that He has for us. Uh, clarity, we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture... Is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness? Uh, m most people think this is a, that, that of course, did not walk with the Lord. Most people think this is a book of do's and don'ts. It's not a book of do's and don'ts. This is God's love letter to us. And it is tremendously freeing. I love the Word of God. If, if, you, if you don't have a love for the Word, I, I understand. When I first came to Christ, I didn't, I'm confession. I didn't like reading, and here I am, the president of Evangel Bible Translators. I didn't like reading the Bible. Uh, it was hard for me when I first gave my life to Christ. And, and, and in those days, there weren't nearly as many translations as there are today to help you and, and to help you with understanding. Pretty much I had the, the King James and the, the King James and the King James. Uh, probably the RSV and a few, a few others. Uh, but, but, you know, th th this book, this book, I, I prayed and I asked God, I, I need to be hungry for your word. And he gave me a great hunger for his word. And he will do that for you too. And ju just not uh, his word, but then also his spirit. That, that he's going to empower you now. So not only will he give clarity, but he will give strength to achieve the things that he has assigned for you. Uh, Acts chapter 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 John the Baptist is talking, and he says, after me, after me, there's one coming that baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So God has this enabling strength for you to accomplish all of the plans that he has for you in your life. Uh, we're going to go hurry very quickly, and we're going to start to close the message. 
on uh, the fourth massive reengineering project that God does in our life. And this one is preparing us for the ultimate transition in life. And that's what we referred to earlier, that day that we sang about a few months ago, casting of the crowns, that day is going to come. As sure as I stand here before you today, that day is going to come. When every tribe, every tongue, every nation will bow, call him Lord of all. The story of Jesus did not end with Jesus' death and his resurrection and his ascension. It continues in the lives of those who follow him today. The supernatural did not end with Jesus' resurrection and ascension. It continues with us today. Christians are not meant to be spectators in life. We are meant to be in on all the action, what God is doing in and through his followers today. Christianity is not something that you just read about. It's something that you participate in, what he's doing with us today. Easter, Christ rose again to prove that everything that he had said is true. This, uh, this last, last trip, I, I, sometimes I go into uh, regions and, and we do some tourist things in order to really establish uh, the, the, the appropriate protocols. And um, I, I, visited a, I visited the uh, Taj Mahal this last year, a few, few weeks ago. Massive structure. And the only thing in the whole structure, no one's ever lived in it, the only thing in the structure is that one of the, I think, is the fifth Mongol king, uh, one of his five wives was his favorite wife, and he made this edifice for her. The whole thing is, is her coffin right in the middle. Nobody, nobody ever lived in that. It's just her coffin. Well, I've been to Israel. I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to the two sites that basically they say, you know, this site is where Jesus was buried, or somebody else made this site. I've been to the two major sites. And I'll tell you something about both of them. Both of them are empty. There's no body in there. Jesus rose to prove everything he said was true. It's not a Taj Mahal with a coffin in there, you know, a guy's favorite wife. We're talking about an empty tomb. It really happened. And Jesus said, if I go, I will come again, John 14. I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again. Hallelujah. So what do I want? On a practical level, I want you to know that there's nothing too big for God. What do I want? Uh, on a practical level, I want every bondage in your life to be broken. And for you to have freedom. All the chains, addictions, whatever they are, just falling off at the name of Jesus. He has the power to do that. What do I want relationally? I want your marriage to be so wonderful, so fulfilling, to, to be such a depth of companionship in your marriage and a commission of God in your marriage. On a relational level, what do I want for you? I, I, I want this message of these massive reconstruction projects, who's in charge, the giver of life, that he has strength and clarity and that he has power and that he's coming again. What do I want? For, relationally, I want you to be head over heels in love with the right people. Uh, you know, your, your wife and your husband. And I had, a, I had a, just a 
pretty much a word from the Lord that talked about some people who are dating, some young people, so I, I got the feeling it was like teenage, eight, 16, 18, and a guy's in love with a gal or a gal's in love with a guy, but they know they're the wrong one. And, you know, you could say puppy love, but I've raised four daughters, and puppy love can be serious stuff. Uh, and it can be heartbreaking stuff. I, I want that relationship right. And, and 18 to 28s, young marrieds, I want that relationship right. And, and you old, older ones, where sometimes marriages break down after about 22 years, and they break up because you've grown apart. I want those to be right. I, I want you to be free from the gender issues that are so confusing in our day. I want you to know what it means to be a woman of God and what it means to be a man of God. What I want, spiritually speaking, I, I want you to know the calling of God on your life. I want you to have this sense of drifting or sleepwalking through life. I, I want it to go away. I want you to know the calling of God on your life. The plans that He has for you. For everyone here today that you've been walking with the Lord for a while, what I want spiritually, I want you to have your first love reignited again. I want the fires there again. That's what I want. And God's big enough to do it. There's nothing He can't do. For those that are kind of burdened, you're just weighed down. I want you to remember the provisions. I want you to remember the blessings that God has brought in your life. Yeah, there can be a lot of serious needs, but God has proven himself over and over again. He's big enough to take care of that one for you. Hallelujah. So practically, relationally, spiritually, God's massive reconstruction projects in your life. That's what I want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship team's going to lead us in great song, praise and worship. Altar workers, you're coming forward to meet people in prayer. Whatever it is that maybe I've touched on here. Holy Spirit's just drawing, just drawing people today. Setting people free today, bringing clarity, bringing a new enabling strength and power. I want you to come forward for prayer. Maybe, maybe it's a, a relationship that's being saved. Maybe it's one that's being straightened out. Maybe it's something with parenting issues. I've referred to a lot of things in this message today, but these are massive reconstruction projects that God wants to be involved in in your life. I want you to come. Come and receive prayer. There's no better time than today if you've not committed your life to Christ. There is no better time to do so than right now to come and give your life to Jesus. And these wonderful folks here, they've all walked where you're walking. They've wa they, they have walked where you have walked. Uh, they're here to help. They're here to walk with you. See great things happen through Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray God's gift of hope, courage, joy, and promise in Jesus' name. Worship team, uh, come forward for prayer. Stand with us this morning.